This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Ever since Roe v. Wade made elective abortion up until birth the law of the land, people have protested that high court ruling. Lutherans recognize that life begins at conception and that it's wrong to end it in the womb. This month marks 48 years since that infamous ruling was made, and since then there have been annual pro-life marches in the nation's capital and around the country. This year is different, however. The coronavirus, bad weather, and severe security measures are making the marches difficult, if not impossible. Still, those measures are not deterring Lutherans from bearing witness to the sanctity of life. Deaconess Tiffany Manor, director of LCMS Life Mission, says that the pro-life message was carried in recent weeks and will be again in the near future, using technology to spread the word by live-streaming events and podcasts. She and I discuss this on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Late Monday, a devastating tornado went through Fultondale, Alabama, leaving a path of destruction through the town that's killed and injured residents as well as destroyed homes, schools, and businesses. This tornado was located just a few miles from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Gardendale, where Pastor Ed Brashear, Southern District Disaster Response Coordinator, serves. Kathy O'Day, Lutheran Church Charities Director of Disaster Response, spoke to Brashear, who's been checking on congregation members and will be assessing damage in Fultondale as soon as responders say it's safe to do so. He and his alert team began working early Tuesday morning, helping a congregation member remove a tree from the roof of their home. LCC alert chainsaw teams are on standby to deploy and assist if requested. At a time when the demand for nurses in Central Texas is surging, Concordia University, Texas in Austin welcomed 288 new students so far this year to its traditional and accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing programs, but they didn't report to the main campus as usual. In August 2020, under many COVID constraints, the university opened its doors to its Austin Nursing Satellite Campus. The new interactive learning environment spans some 17,000 square feet, complete with a cutting-edge simulation lab, a 10-bed clinical skills lab, and a simulation debriefing rooms. The building also houses a student lounge and administrative and faculty offices. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights has informed the Thomas More Society that it is investigating whether Illinois violated federal law by promulgating and enforcing the Illinois Reproductive Health Act, which generally requires Illinois health insurance plans to cover abortion. A January 19th letter to the Thomas More Society from Luis Perez, Deputy Director of the Conscience and Religious Freedom Division of the Office of Civil Rights, states that the Office for Civil Rights has reviewed the Thomas More Society's October 2019 complaint and is investigating whether the state of Illinois, which receives various funds from the Department of Health and Human Services, complies with the federal Weldon Amendment. Specifically, the Office for Civil Rights is investigating whether Illinois, through its Department of Insurance and Department of Central Management Services is discriminating against health plan issuers and plans that would offer health coverage limited or excluding abortion coverage but are prohibited from doing so by the Reproductive Health Act. 
An assisted suicide bill is being considered in Connecticut, and it faces opposition from disability rights activists over what they contend is a lack of safeguard against the abuse of vulnerable populations, such as the elderly or the disabled. World Liquor News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. This year marks the 48th year since the infamous Roe v. Wade decision was made by the U.S. Supreme Court legalizing abortion on demand in the United States. Since then, Lutherans and others have been protesting, saying that life begins at, con- at conception. Of course, this year is a little bit different from the other ones. We have had a pandemic that has that has drastically curtailed any kind of public demonstrations. We have had bad weather. We've had security concerns. But, hey, we're Lutherans. That didn't stop us. My guest today is Deaconess Tiffany Manor, who is the director of LCMS Life Ministry. Tiffany, welcome to the program. Oh, it's always a joy to talk with you, Kip. Thanks for having me on today. No problem. This is an important issue, of course, for Lutherans. This is one where we simply cannot compromise. We know what's at stake here. What have we done so far this year, and what are we planning for uh, the near future? Sure. So uh, LCMS Life Ministry is sponsored throughout the month of January, seven events across the Midwest. Um, As you mentioned, we had to be really creative this year. having things like car rallies and car parades rather than the traditional marches that occur. Um, We partnered with some great organizations. The the March for Life Chicago uh, had the the planning of of events in a number of states. President Harrison spoke at one of the the car rallies, which was held in in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, But the the series of events that they call the Moving the Movement Tour that replaced the Chicago March for Life uh, wrapped up this past weekend in Chicago with about 600 cars there. And uh, they also uh, provided for pregnancy centers with diaper collections throughout that entire tour. And so we had lots of Lutherans uh, throughout the Midwest participating in in those seven events, which was fantastic. Um, And then we still have more to come. The the National March for Life uh, shifted just recently to be a virtual march, and that's going to be held on Friday, January 29th. Uh, This year, it was a little 
bit later than the the Roe v. Wade anniversary of January 22nd, and that was that was planned quite a while ago, knowing that the inauguration uh, was going to be held within a couple days of that Roe v. Wade anniversary. So. Uh, on Friday, there's going to be a small group of uh, pro-life leaders across the country who will be marching on behalf of the rest of the pro-life community. Uh, we know that there's going to be some Lutheran faces marching. Uh, we can't quite share yet who they are. Uh, March for Life will will make those announcements in, in their timing, but uh, we encourage that uh, Lutherans would go on to marchforlife.org and register to be a part of the virtual plans. There, there's going to be a rally, um, and then the pro-life leaders will march in Washington, D.C. On, on behalf of the rest of us. Um, and then even in, in Utah, we've got uh, Lutherans who are planning a car parade this weekend. So uh, a, a lot more opportunities to, to demonstrate to um, our communities that uh, we, we speak up for life all year long. Lutherans in Utah, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> How does one do a virtual march? I'm curious about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think we all are. So this this National March for Life is the first time that they've ever done it virtually. So uh, it's it's going to be broadcasted online, um, and and that will, will be part of it. I think, though, it gives us opportunities locally that we can. Uh, put up signs, have car parades, uh, maybe signs in our yards, maybe displays outside our churches. So we can take that which is online and, and also uh, do things locally as well. So while you can hear speakers uh, in a virtual rally on, online and, and, and watch some of those things and, and watch the, the pro-life leaders who will be marching in D.C. online, we can still do things um, actually in person, but just closer to home because travel is, is not um, quite so easy these days with, with the pandemic. Well, you mentioned uh, places online where we can uh, get information, where we can actually witness these uh, events. Could you give me some of the websites that we uh, need to follow? Sure. The, uh, for the virtual march on Friday, uh, www.marchforlife.org is, is the source for that. Uh, we also keep on LCMS Life Ministry on, on our page. Uh, we have all of the other events that are occurring um, and that Lutherans are, are uh, organizing and planning and sponsoring. So you can get to that from www.lcms.org slash life. I always like to, to emphasize that uh, this is a great year that we can start some new things in our communities and plan life events all year round. Um, life chains or walks in, in your community. And um, LCMS Life Ministry is here to, to support Lutherans who want to do that across the country. We've got, we've got signs, we've got our famous green hats. Um, we can help you learn how to, to plan these things. And for that, you can reach out via email at lifeministry at lcms.org. Well, Tiffany, we just had uh, the probably the most pro-life administration in the history of the United States just left office. And uh, the new office, uh, the new administration that's taken over is probably the most pro-abortion we have ever seen. Is this going to affect how we do our, our, our efforts in the future? Oh, yeah, it's, um, 
it's really quite a drastic change between the previous administration and this new administration. Daily right now, we're seeing appointments that um, are, are, are people who are quite concerning with, with the agenda that they might have, um, really radically abortion-minded. So uh, vigilance is certainly needed being um, on, on top of and keeping track of of um, policies that are being made, legislation that's being proposed, but it doesn't mean that we're without the ability to, um, to make our voices heard and to affect what's what's going to be happening. We're we live in a, a republic, so we have representatives, and it's their job to listen to us. So that makes it our vocation as citizens to reach out to them and let them know what we think. Um, about these policies that are being made in legislation. And, and it's not just at the national level. The state level and the local level are really important as well. Uh, and probably it's uh, easier to make a difference at the state and the local level. For instance, uh, some of what's being taught in our schools, uh, we, we hear stories about in a number of states that Planned Parenthood uh, clinics are being contracted by school boards um, and, and schools to come in and teach uh, lessons and classes to even elementary um, school age children. So uh, to be involved with our local school board, um, maybe even to go so far for Lutherans and seek positions on school boards can be a way we can make a big difference locally, as well as our interaction with our representatives. So. Uh, I guess it's we we could um, be really frustrated, but but we could also allow that to motivate us to get involved and um, to, to to live out our our vocation as citizens in the left hand kingdom, um, over which God still um, still is in control. Well, as you pointed out, uh, a lot can be done on the local level. You know, Missouri especially is very much of a pro-life state. Regrettably, our neighboring state, Illinois, is very much pro-abortion. But there is there are things that we can do. And you mentioned specifically about the school districts. How can parents find out what is being taught in their schools? I suspect a lot of this is going on without them knowing it. Yeah, that's the the part that's really hard is that people don't, don't know what's being taught. And uh, the school boards and the schools have to make this available. So it, it's really very, very simple and very easy. You, you just reach out to um, the local school administration and, and you ask about it. Um, and you can show up for meetings. Um, now many of them are online. So it's, it's really easy to, to get a Zoom link and to join in and um, to, to ask questions and, and find out what's going on. Uh, we're actually going to be featuring some uh, presentations on how to do this in our upcoming life conference. We've been talking about virtual marches and, and uh, rallies and things like that. We're planning an LCMS life conference. It's going to be in March, um, March 19th through 20th. And we're going to be providing sessions in that that can help you learn exactly how to do this, how how to get involved locally, how um, to engage with representatives and um, how, how to make what might seem a little bit intimidating easier. So I would also encourage that, that anyone who, who would like to learn more about that to um, register for our life conference, which can be done um, at the, a, a website specially for that life conference. And that one is www.lcms-life.org. So uh, I, I may have said that badly, um, www.lcms, 
a dash or a hyphen life.org. Okay, www.lcms-as in hyphen life.org, correct? Yep, that's it. And uh, it's it's not going to be held until March 19th or 20th live, but it's it's going to um, actually feature a, a Netflix kind of, of model where there'll be on-demand recording. So live sessions will be recorded and then they'll be saved. And um, there'll be a bunch of other sessions that will um, be pre-recorded and available right as soon as the conference opens on March 19th. And then uh, there's even a premium pass that, that you can purchase and have access to the conference for um, 90 days after it ends. So uh, we're pretty excited about this because uh, now we're not bound by geography to offer this type of, of uh, equipping and resources and education for people. We can offer it to anyone around the world and uh, any any time that they might like within that uh that conference period of, of 90 days. So uh, I, I hope that a, a lot of people will register for that and, and learn how to speak up for life, like we've been talking about today, but also how to, to care for life um, and then how we teach about life. Well, you know, this um, pandemic might actually have something something good coming out of it, is that it has uh, forced the pro-life movement to make more and more use of our current tools, as you pointed out, with the uh, uh, everything from uh, the uh, virtual for the virtual marches to uh, podcasting that could be downloaded later on and on. So you know, once the um, once the pandemic is finally over and we can go back to our normal lives, this tool will still be in place, and so actually we'll be reaching more and more people. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating how we're we've gotten creative and uh, we're starting to, to use the phrase hybrid a lot. So we've seen that in schools, of, of course, where students might be in a small classroom some, certain times of uh, the day or, or the week. And then they also do some, uh, more virtual electronic education at home. Well, we're seeing some of these same things happen when we talk about um, hybrid situations or COVID safe um, groups, smaller um, locally in your congregation, but then connecting with the, the larger um, pro-life community and, and uh, life ministry. So uh, we're excited about, about that opportunity to to serve and, and not have to uh, solely uh, be bound to, okay, we're going to march in Washington, D.C. on January 29th. We can really take the um, life movement into our, our homes and our communities and our, our daily lives, because that's that's really what um, is important is that it's, it isn't constrained to just January. We can we don't have to have just um, one life Sunday in the church, but we can talk about God's value of life all the time and um, and everywhere. So uh, we put together resources on on that too on our on our websites at lcms.org/life to to have worship resources for. Uh, a Sunday focused on on um, human life and God's value of life and His design of, of marriage and the family, um, or for group devotions and, and things like that. So uh, we all have different vocations, and God has places in different um, lives of different people and in different places where we live. So this is um, this is how we can continue the the uh, emphasis on life beyond January. 
Tiffany, you mentioned about how Planned Parenthood is sometimes presenting these uh, sex education, quote unquote, uh, courses within the school districts, within schools. Are we doing anything similar of uh, Showing our point of view, of course, obviously with the uh, with our Lutheran schools, it's one thing. But are we is there any way that we can get into the public school systems and and present our our point of view? Sure, uh, there's there's all kinds of opportunities to to teach in these uh, more secular settings, uh, and it, we can do that with with resources that are provided. Um, CPH has a great series um, learning about sex that that is designed for preschoolers all the way through adults about God's um, gift to us and how we're uniquely made. Um, so there, there's ways that, that we can make uh, gifts of these books to schools, um, to school libraries, to school classrooms. Uh, there, there's other ways that you could reach out to your local school, school district and, and offer um, to, to volunteer. Um, of, of course, there's probably different volunteer um, requirements um, right now in, in local communities, depending upon the, the pandemic um, rates of positivity and what they're doing in the schools. But uh, there still will be opportunities in going forward as, as things open up more, too. So uh, finding, finding great resources that are available um, and have been made available by the church and by other partner organizations that are, are focused on, on life and um, and taking those into our local um, schools, uh, preschools. Um, that, that's a fantastic way to, to share about life um, beyond our, our families, which is also important to do in our families. Uh, I have a, a new granddaughter, and we were really excited to see that CPH has recently published a book, um, Alive Before You Were Born, written by uh, Kim, and I, I, probably, I probably would say her last name wrong, um, Bestian. Uh, but this is a, a book that is meant for very young children that teaches them from a very young age that God created them inside their, their mother's womb, and uh, that, that way we can uh, get really good at, at helping children understand right from the start that they weren't um, just some blob of cells or tissues, but um, intentionally um, formed by their Lord and uh, that he valued them from before the, the time that their parents got to hold them in their arms. Didn't Jesus actually say one time, I knew you in the womb? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um the, there's all kinds of scripture passages that speak to God um, knitting us together in, in the womb, knowing us, um, calling calling us by name and, and um, bringing us into his life in the church through baptism. So, uh, yeah. And, and we've got you know John the Baptist who confessed faith by leaping in his mother's womb when um, the presence of his Lord uh, came into the, the room, even when um, when Mary was pregnant. So. Uh, yeah, scripture has a lot to teach us about about life um, before we were born. And then, of course, as you pointed out, there is the family. Uh, and really, I think uh, when it when it gets right down to a teaching, these values doesn't come from the schools. It doesn't even come from the church that much. It's got to come from the families who will give these values to the children to the next generation coming up. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I, I mentioned vocation before, but but that's that's so key. It's it's parents uh, teaching their children. It's um, other family members and loved ones and, and godparents, um, friends. Uh, we 
it starts within the family um, and it, it expands outward from, from there to the congregation. But uh, there's so many ways that we can serve one another and teach one another about life through um, these these roles that our Lord has put us in and the relationships that he, he gives to us. Well, you're quite correct on that. And it's uh, it's kind of strange and wondrous to realize that there are all these opportunities that we have been given to help spread the word. And so many of us are really unaware of them or, or simply don't, don't bother with them. But the paths are there for us. God has laid it out for us. Yeah, in the Office of National Mission, we uh, we talk about witnessing and um, and the the modules for everyone has witnessed, which uh, people may be familiar with it. That has been been put out by the Office of National Mission, and it's available through Concordia Publishing House as well. Gives a lot of great resources um, for that, for um, recognizing those opportunities where we can share, and then uh, being prepared to to speak to what. Um, God has done and what he's doing. So uh, sometimes it, we can feel a little awkward or, or uncertain about what we might say. So it's a matter of, um, of recognizing our, our own, um, well, our own vocations, our own giftedness, um, and, and then what other people need to hear and, and preparing to share with them about God um, in, a, in a lot of ways in, in uh, the, the faith that he works in us, the the life forgiveness that he showers upon us, and also about um, how he's valued life. So uh, that that's another way to, to uh, be prepared is is to participate in everyone his witness. Well, Tiffany, we're running to the end of the program right now. Do you have any final Do you have any final thoughts for our audience? Oh, just be sure and look at our our website um, www.lcms.org/life. You'll see the things I've referenced, but also you can um, link from there to some of the other resources that we have in the Office of National Mission. Tiffany, thank you very much. Uh, glad you were able to come to the show, and uh, congratulations on your new grandchild. That is a true miracle, isn't it? <laughs> Such a blessing. We're enjoying her so much. Thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll be talking again in the not-distant future. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.